This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Live show with myself, Adam Strong. Sorry about the uh, technical glitch for you guys that are listening in on the live. Hey, this is real time, right? We have to be real in this uh, in this day and age. Anyway, listen. I'm excited to be here. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, uh, whether it be live or you, if you are listening to us live, do me a favor. Use the hashtag live. Use the hashtag replay. In fact, I'm going to put a little reminder here for you guys. If you, if you have uh, any questions, if you have any comments, please do me a favor. We love PLC. Post like or comment in the comment section below. And you can put uh, any questions or comments that you may have for me and my guest today. Um, if you're listening to me here on the live stream, congratulations. We're, lit, we're streaming through Facebook, LinkedIn Live, and on YouTube. Make sure that you hit that bell notification. It's in the top right-hand corner. So make sure you click on that because otherwise uh, you'll miss out on any big events that we have going on uh, today. Listen. Uh, for you guys listening on, on the podcast as well, please make sure that you check out all the show description notes because today's show is going to be absolutely epic. I'm absolutely looking forward to today's show because it's very much in tune with, you know, you entrepreneurs and leaders out there. It's very much in tune with a key skill that everyone needs to master, which is all about communication. So who have we got on today's show? So my good friend, Mike Aker, who's over, based over in the US, he's a keynote speaker, he's an author, he's a TEDx speaker, he's a communications coach. He's written over 10 books, by the way, 10 different books, and uh, he's got over 20 years of experience in communication, leadership, management, organizational management, emotional intelligence, speaking, such a great guy to hang out with. And, you know, it's interesting because he's worked with some extremely credible companies from the likes of Apple, from the likes of uh, Microsoft, Oracle, just to mention a few. So he's, uh, he, you know, he's got some great credibility. And today's conversation is all about, as I mentioned to you guys, it's all about how to improve your confidence in communication, right? Because we can, let's just face it. Let's be honest with each other, right? We could all be more confident in our communication. Yes, right or no, right or wrong. I, I'm sure we could, right? We could all be better leaders. We could all be better people uh, in general, if only we could improve our, the way that we communicate to uh, groups, individuals, or whatever it might be. So what are we going to be talking about today? Just to give you guys a bit of a an overview about today's overview. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about the difference between confidence uh, confident and non-confident communicators. We're going to be looking at the subtle differences between uh, those types of people, but we're also going to be talking about the self-sabotaging patterns with regards to non-confidence communicators. Because again, Mike's got uh, Mike's found different work, working with different leaders and CEOs around the world. He has found different patterns and different. You know, he's identified certain things that people don't do with regards to communication and being a better leader in communication. We're also going to be talking a little bit about 
um, Mike's uh, speech impediment that he had from a very young age. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. So for you guys, by the way, this show is not dedicated for people just with speech impediments. So I just went to uh, full disclosure. Um, <laughs> um, we're also going to be talking about how you can improve, how you can be, how you can improve your communication skills. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about reflection, criticism, all of the, you know, all of the things that affect us as leaders, as uh, business owners and as entrepreneurs, all of the things that really affect us, especially in working it, especially living in a, you know, a judgmental society and kind of like those perceived or non-perceived judgments that we have about other and, and about society in, in itself. So listen, I'm looking forward to this conversation. But before we do, if you have any questions, please, like I said, use the comments in the comment section below. And I'm excited to have um, and I'm excited about today's conversation. So listen, let's get straight into it. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Looking forward to having a conversation with you and for all of our audience. Every day I start out with a simple desire, prayer, help me help people. So that's my goal here today. So I get to lean in, listen, and respond. And if people ask some questions, we can do that as well. Yep, absolutely. Well, listen, um, happy, well... I'm I'm excited about today's conversation. I really am because, I mean, I was just um, I was doing you know I was doing a little bit of a, a, a kind of a, a, you know we this is our first engagement if you like our first great conversation and stuff like that and you know I was looking at some of the uh, TEDx talks that you've done and stuff like that hugely credible. So I just want to kudos to you first of all. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fun journey. I was in the nonprofit space for 18 years switch over to the business world, then went solo. And it's just been incredible to be out there working with people, helping people out. Uh, my greatest joy comes when people realize their potential. And so that's my that's my mission, help people realize their potential. That's what I want to do any place, anywhere I go. Love that. You know, interesting, right? So, you know, you wrote your book, um, Lead With No Fear, which, uh, which, mm -hmm. which, you, which has been published by the way in many different countries and different languages around the world guys you you had a book write the foreword to that book that bought me and bob are very good friends oh really oh very very interesting yeah he's a great guy bob he's a you know obviously written the the best-selling book uh, the go-giver uh and and the series of the go-giver obviously and uh yeah he's a great guy great guy so um, i when i saw when i saw bob's uh uh written by bob uh, the foreword i was like oh yeah, yeah you, you, you you definitely you definitely rubbing shoulders with the right guys there, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Bob was so generous, and that's one of the key things that Bob wants to be right is be generous. And he's mm. so generous in writing that review for us, and it was really really neat. That was a that was a fun experience. That was a pandemic project. That book, so right mm. in a time of when fear was really coming out. As working with my friend Steve Steve Gutzler, she's a phenomenal speaker and executive coach, and so we're working together. We're we're brainstorming some of these ideas out together. And uh, it just was such an honor to, to write it with Steve and then to have Bob uh, leave some comments. And the whole idea there is that, that that fear, moving away from fear is just a small shift away. That often mm. we feel like we have to make these major adjustments in our life. But if we can just even make a three-degree adjustment over the course of time, mm -hmm. we end up at a total different place. And so we talked about seven different shifts that you need to make. And it was just so much fun talking about that and writing about that with Steve. And then we were so honored by, by Bob's words. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it's interesting. We've had Bob here on the podcast and I personally collaborated with Bob on numerous projects. So Bob, if you're listening to this, right, we, 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 we're all singing praises for you, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> I got, I got two different books right here to go givers right here. Cause I give that book out to people. There you go. There we go. All right, cool. Well, listen, um, I'm excited about today's conversation all about communication, which is, which I feel like is one of these topics, which is, really not spoken enough of do you know what i mean you know you know there's a lot of great topics out there but i i feel like especially in um in the world of entrepreneurship you know if you own a business if you are a leader of a big corporate company it doesn't really matter but communication is one of those key elements the key skills that you need in order to be the best version of yourself i guess right Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is huge. I always tell people like this so that there's really, if you think about two pillars, you got mm -hmm. communication on one side and over here you have leadership. So you got leadership and communication. Now the two really should go hand in hand, but often we see them as separate. So, so mm -hmm. you think about this, I think about this, like if a leader over here is a dynamic executive leader, like they execute, they get things done, they, they inspire, et cetera through their actions, through their abilities, through the know-how, the influence. Over here is communication. And so think about executive, but over here is presence. It's how you carry yourself. It's the way you put yourself out there. And, and it's the way you present yourself to the world. So these should go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. If your leadership is level maybe nine, that's a pretty <laughs> darn good leadership, right? There's very few that have been at maybe like a 10 could be like an Abraham Lincoln or something. <laughs> Your leadership is eight or nine. It's it's really high up there. <clears throat> but let's say that your, your communication is level two. In my opinion, the standard level of communication required, at least in business America, is two. <laughs> That's how bad the majority of communication is in business America. So if you're level eight, nine, but your communication is two. What that does mm -hmm. is it brings you down to effectiveness of maybe a five. So it right. brings down your leadership. And I've seen this. I've worked with a lot of people and a lot of leaders. They Their communication is so low that it brings it down. Now, on the other hand, over here, if your communication is high, so maybe your communication is eight, nine, ten. It, you're a powerful communicator. I know a guy, his communication is a ten. The majority of people who know him, who hear him, he's 10. He's internationally known. I won't say his name. He's a 10. His his leadership, though, is probably a three or four. Oh, wow. His ability to actually work people, organize, carry through, et cetera. There's a huge mm -hmm. churn in the organization that he leads. But people are attracted to him because they think, oh, man, his communication is high. So his his leadership must be high. So here's what happens. If your leadership is high, but your communication is low, it will bring down your leadership. But if your communication is high and your leadership is low, it will bring up your perceived leadership. And if you have both presence and the ability to execute and lead and get things done, then you have executive presence. I love that. You know, I can completely resonate with what you're saying. I really can, purely because we probably probably uh, hanging in the same spaces, rub shoulders with the, uh, with some of the big top influencers in our industry and stuff like that. And, you know, there was just a few people that came to my mind and I thought, you're bang on the money, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, bang on the money. You, you know, you think, of, you think of like a Bill Gates, 
And you think about him, his leadership obviously was a, a 10, the ability to build a company and right. a build a brand. I mean, I mean, you can't get much better than Bill Gates and what he did. But you see that they lost a lot of their power to someone who had 10 in leadership and 10 in communication, Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Bill Gates had had some of the, the communication showmanship that that Steve Jobs had, then he would have been the one. Zoom would be what we'd all be talking on, and and we'd have <laughs> Zoom pods in versus AirPods, right? And it'd be it'd be so different. And so it's very interesting. Now Bill has definitely leveled up his communication, and nowadays he's a much better communicator. And you can see the effectiveness of what he's doing with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where he's mm-hmm. leading high, and he's communicating high, and therefore he's having greater effectiveness. But it's very interesting to see. And then there's other organizations. I mean, there's there's been all kinds of situations where I, – here's a great example. I always think it's very interesting that celebrities get used in political campaigns because that person, they have a degree in acting or they have no degree at all, and they actually don't understand <laughs> the concepts. Now, some of them do. Like Natalie Portman, Harvard degree, she understands the concepts. But some of them don't. But they're great communicators – so they use them to influence the world, even though they don't have necessary any political leadership ability. That's interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it from that perspective. But um, but yeah, re- really good stuff. So I want to jump into, I mean, today we're going to be talking a little about how, um, how a lot of our listeners can, you know, become more confident communicators more than anything else. But let's kind of like start with the core foundations and, yeah. you know, I mean, you've been working, you know, in this field for, you know, 10 years plus. What have you found the difference between someone that communicates extremely well and someone that doesn't have the confidence to communicate at all? Like, what have you seen in terms of the self differences? Is it their personality? Is it the the way that they behave? What's your what's your take on this? Yeah, so so there's really three different elements of confidence and communication. And really, for anybody, if you're thinking, Mike, he's got 10 books, I'm interested in a book, the book you should get is Speak With Confidence. That's the book that came out from a major publisher. You can pick it up in, in Barnes & Noble and other places, as well as Amazon, Audio, Audible, etc. So in that book, I talk about the three different sources of confidence in communication. And a confident speaker versus an insecure speaker will have three versus zero of these sources. So it's not just one source. It's like a three-legged stool. You, you need all three sources. And if the three legs are strong, firmly attached, long, then you can stand up tall. If they're barely there or not there at all, then you are wobbly, you're insecure. So here's the three different sources of confidence and communication. And in the book, I actually start with number one. I'm actually going to start backwards than what I do in the book and opposite of what I tell people to do in the book. But the third source of confidence communication is skills. And it's really certainty in your skills. One of the things that is very interesting is when people come to work with me in one of my public speaking programs is that they will they will actually walk away from our first call together. We do these recorded video calls and so they can watch it back too. And, and they can see what they're doing and they can see and they can hear what I'm saying about what they're doing. So I might say, hey, you do this really well. You do this really well. 
And that confidence in their skills grows because a lot of people have no idea what they're doing bad. They have no idea what they're doing good. Think about it. There are very few times in your business career where somebody comes up to you after your presentation says, you know what you did well in that presentation? You specifically did this one thing. You, you know what you could improve? These two things. No. In business world, we typically just go, hey, good job. Even if it wasn't a good job, we say, good job. Sure. And we move on. And so people have no idea. So people come to work with me and they're insecure. And when they speak, I'll say, here's actually what you're doing well. You should keep on doing that. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know about that. I didn't even think about that. And I'm like, yeah, you got some skills. You got some things that are naturally there already that you've been, well, not naturally, but that you've developed over the course of time. And here are some specific things that you need to do to improve. And so when you have skills and you know where you stand on your skills, you have greater confidence. If you're mm-hmm. insecure, it means that you probably don't know your skills. You probably don't know what skills you're lacking. And you probably don't know what to do about it. So you're insecure. Mm-hmm. Uncertainty leads to insecurity. That's one thing I say again and again in my book. So mm-hmm. you want to speak with you need skills. And in the book, I, I covered through several different skills. But the other one is the second leg. So we're going backwards. The second leg is messaging. If you know how to message. And what I mean by this is you ask me a question about what's the difference between insecure and confident speakers. So you, you in essence, put me on the spot. I didn't have that right. right me. <laughs> so I'm responding by putting together and organizing it, not only something that's in my mind, but also for others so that people go, oh, you need three different sources. Mm-hmm. So understanding how to message, understanding how to organize your thoughts, whether you're prepared or whether you're impromptu is going to give you a source of confidence. Understanding how to get rid of rambling. That's a messaging system. Understanding how to put together a short speech, how to put together a long speech, how to use your slide deck, all those kind of things are messaging techniques. It's not only you knowing the content, but also you knowing the content in such a way that other people can pick it up. So Mm -hmm. the third leg was skills. The second leg was messaging. So what's the first leg? And where is it that I tell people in the book that you really need to start? And where is it that really sets people apart? It's it's how they see themselves as a speaker. Mm. Now, I really differentiate this as a speaker versus elsewhere. A lot of people I work with are extremely confident in their performance, extremely mm. confident in social circles, extremely mm. confident in finance or whatever it might be. But when they get up mm. in front of others and they're put on the spot, they lose it and they just are unable to, to hold it together. Now, what is that? Their identity, the way they see themselves as a speaker, something's broken there. And so that's really where I start with people in my book and my coaching programs is how do you see yourself as a speaker? Mm, I like that. That's a, it's, I guess it does that really apply to everyone because, you know, if you speak to somebody like, you know, I don't see myself as a speaker, right? They, they, you know, you know, I just see myself as someone that wants to lead, but you're using a different analogy of, you know, speaking on whether you're speaking in the stage in front of a, a people, right? Or speaking to someone on a one-way compared to someone speaking to someone on a one-on-one basis. Is that right? So it's it's yeah, it's it's not so as a speaker, like I am a public speaker, I'm a keynote speaker. It's right. It's like I see myself as someone who can get up and present with value. 
-hmm. Because a lot of people, when they get up in front, there's a whole bunch of sources of insecurity. And one is that they lose their sense of value. And so they stop seeing themselves Mm -hmm. as a speaker. Now they see themselves as a competent CFO, but they don't see themselves as a competent speaker. So what we, one of the first things we do is we start thinking about who are you? What, what's, what's making you valuable? What's making you feel, what's making you feel like you are an imposter? What's making you feel like you are not able to, to get your value, get your words out there. And there's so many different sources of confidence in communication uh, or sorry, there's so many different sources of identity confidence, like knowing how to deal with rejection, knowing how to to um, not make it about you, knowing how to uh, that the value that you hold, understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. And so real confidence comes from having a very secure identity on stage and off, having a very clear messaging system. And having great, uh, great skills all the time. Love that. Love that. Some good stuff. You know, it's interesting because I, I read your um, your backstory because I knew I knew that you lived in in Mexico for about seven years, didn't you? And uh, then moved back to the United States. Uh, you know, that must have been a bit of a surreal experience, of course, speaking Spanish and, you know, and <laughs> but right. what was what was really interesting, though, I mean, you, it, it, you also suffered from a from a speech impediment. Is that correct? I did. So growing up, I had a very charismatic, have a very charismatic father and a very poised mom. She passed away many years ago. But as a kid, I actually grew up with the inability to say the sound juh. Ja. And I had some other issues too, but I had some difficulty. And I got to a point, my mom said, I got to a point, because I don't remember all of this. I was just uh-huh. a kindergartner. But my mom said that I hated that people kept on asking me, what'd you say? What'd you say? What'd you say? So even saying something like that, what'd you, what'd you say? I wouldn't be able to do that. So I got very tired with that. And then my, my aunt is a speech therapist. And so she told my mom, I need to go speech therapist therapist. So I did. And my mom brought me in, but I was the one driving that improvement. My mom said I was Mm. very, very, very intentional about it. And that I was practicing and I was doing the flashcards and the exercises. So I overcame that speech impediment. I remember some of it. I don't remember all of it. My mom filled in some of the gaps, but overall, I, I wanted to be heard and I put in the work to learn the skills that would help me overcome the messaging the, or the speech impediment. So I got to a spot of confidence and then suddenly we moved to Mexico. We were doing some nonprofit missionary work down there on the outskirts of Mazalan, Mexico. And, and when I was there, I was put up in front of people. My dad jumped me in a public school, just dropped me in there. And all of a sudden I'm I'm speaking in front of stages and I would get so nervous because people would just laugh at me the whole time. And think about it. When you think people are laughing at you or when people are laughing at you, it causes you to question yourself. It causes you to question your value, your identity. So that goes back to that identity issue. And it took me years to get through to a point where I was comfortable and confident. I used to get psychosomatic fevers in order so that I just wouldn't have to get up on stage. Wow. And, and, I mean, it was awful. It was, it was a miserable, miserable time. But eventually I got over that. I got over that insecurity. I got over that issue. I got over those, pro, those problems. And I got to a spot where 
I was speaking in front of people and being okay with the difference of identity. I'm the only American kid in the class. I'm the only one speaking without a fluent accent. I'm the only one who makes a mistake on certain words and getting okay with that and understanding what to accept, what to, what to appreciate about myself, what to improve. Then right when I, right when I got to a spot where I was actually more Mexican than I was American and really enjoying it and thriving and really doing well, we moved back to the United States. And so then here I am a senior in high school, moving back to the United States. Again, this question of who am I? And how do I organize my thoughts? How do I get up in front of people? And I made some really stupid public speaking mistakes around that time that were like huge causes for embarrassment, things that really would have wounded me, like really intense, like rejection type things. Like, for example, I want to go do like a kind of like a devotional, nice kind of kind talk to a senior center home. And, <laughs> and uh, I basically told everybody, you're about to die. And, you know, it was, it was a morbid morbid talk from like you know a 19 year old or something it was oh, so shit. depressing and and so what do you do and and through all of these and the reason why i think my books resonate with so many people and why i'm able to help people is because i wasn't natural i had to learn i had to learn the skills and that's why i love helping people learn those skills and learn those abilities and help them with their identity today yeah, it's interesting because I guess moving to Mexico and then having to speak fluent Spanish, right? Especially if you don't know Spanish. And, you know, I suppose that can have a real not confidence issue if you don't speak the lingo. And also, you know, you're, you're worried about, are you saying the right thing, right? And it's not, you know, not out of context with the with the dialogue of how you're speaking, but then you're kind of getting the... The, the inner critic, I suppose, speaking to you, saying you're absolutely useless. Do you know what I mean? So you get like a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it was one of those things where, thankfully, I had a supportive system around me, and that's, that's important. One of the reasons why a lot of people don't get to a spot of confidence is because they don't have people who are helping them out and giving them that perspective and giving them that encouragement and giving them that calling forward. And, and thankfully I had the resilience in and of myself to not give up. And I was able to sometimes not always, but able to laugh it off at times like, ha that's, you know, funny. I, I made a mistake there. And, and so able to do that a huge, a huge, huge ability to, to develop confidence in your life is to, is to learn how to embrace rejection and that when, when somebody, and I say embrace because we often fight rejection, run away from rejection, resist rejection, ignore rejection, but actually lean in. Okay, I was I was rejected there. Why was I rejected? What happened there? What did they reject about me? Like sometimes people reject my books and they'll write, I mean, I have over a thousand reviews on my first book, the first and second edition. And so there are some that are really bad reviews. Now, the majority <laughs> are really good. It's interesting. We tend to look at the ones that are bad versus the ones that are good. But out of the thousand reviews, I got about maybe 20 nasty reviews. And, and it's, it's very interesting, but I'll read those because I want to, I want to soak in and I hate the feeling it gives me at first, but then I, I evaluate it and through, through a filter that I've created, uh, which is also in my book, speak with confidence and I evaluate it through the filter, you know, 
is this, and my filter is this. So let me give you the filter. Mm, here's, here's my little spiel on it. I know you didn't ask for this, but I'm just going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> but, um, and, and really, I looked at this from Mexico and everything. So when you look at your life, we often have criticism that comes our way. And criticism can happen in a couple different ways. So criticism can happen whether we, sometimes we receive it. So you say, I hate your book. Okay, I received it. Sometimes I see you reading my book, but you never say anything about it. And I'm like, oh, I, I perceive that you didn't like my book. And other times you, you read the book and uh, you say, I like it. But personally, I'm like, I don't like my book though. So we have received, perceived or personal. Then what do you do with it? Do you run away from that? Do you flee? Do you fight it? Do you feel it? Just sit in it and feel melancholic? Or do you filter it? So here's the filter I use in my book and in my programs. What do you appreciate about that aspect of your life? So I got some criticism about my book. What do I appreciate? I appreciate that it's authentic, that it's real, that it's it's got uh, easy to access strategies, that it's worked for lots of people. And so with grounded reason, there's a lot for me to appreciate about that book. Now, if you say, uh, let's pick a different area of criticism. If I perceive or receive criticism about my balding, my, uh, my, my, my growing forehead, as one comedian said, <laughs> <laughs> not my receding, not my, not my receding hairline, but my proceeding forehead. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, hey, I accept it. It's happening. Sure, I'd love to have my long, luxurious blonde hair back in the day. But someday I am I'm doing what my dad has been doing forever. And I'm doing the Adam Grant and I'm shaving it off and I'm feeling good about it. I, I'm totally I don't I don't feel bad about it. It's just, I accept. Sure. Would I love long, luxurious Fabio hair? Sure, but I don't have it. So I just accept it. I'm not fighting it. I'm I'm not appreciating it either. Uh, the third one is improving it. So if you say, Mike, mm. not only do I not like your book, not only do you have a proceeding forehead, but also I noticed that you've gained some weight in the last year. Once again, <laughs> right. But this time I don't accept it. I'm actually training for a marathon. So I expect that in a year I will be a lot thinner. <laughs> so <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm taking a filter and I'm looking at the criticism that comes my way. And sometimes I just accept it. Go, yeah, you're right. And sometimes I accept it but I am doing something about it. Yeah, you're right, but I'm doing something. And other times I go, eh, I don't accept it because I actually appreciate that. It's not criticism. You say that the book's too short. I think the book is perfectly short for some people. Good. So you're looking at it from different angles. And all of yeah. these ways are filtered for you to get more confidence in your public speaking, but in other areas of life. And I learned that, and I learned these through some of the own difficulties and challenges I went through in my life. Love that. You know, it's interesting because I, I'm a big believer that you can please everybody, right? And you're always going to – and and if you've got a 1,000 reviews, which you have, um, same for the podcast, right? It's not going to appeal to everybody. If, you, if you're not getting one-star reviews, I have to then question, are these reveals actually legitimate, right? And so I feel like some speakers and – some book authors, they get so cut up about the one-star review. It's said, congratulations, you have attracted a hater. You have attracted yeah. someone that is insecure and you cannot please everybody. Congratulations. Well done to yeah. yourself. Give yourself a pat on the shoulder. So, um, but I love that. So it's, it's a good perspective that you put it on, but I just wanted to kind of add two cents. Anyway, in there. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. I think it's really cool. I love how you said that too. Like, 
you've attracted a hater. And I think that's really good. You know, mm-hmm. I was reading one review about one of my books and it said something like, I really regret the time I spent on this, the money I, I put into this um, and, you know, reading this. And I thought, cool. You know, like, I, <laughs> I mean, I've literally had people now, now if you only get that or yep. you only get, but I've had people fly to meet me simply because of my book exactly. and people called me from around the world about my book. So you got to have grounded reason, right? You can't be like, everybody hates my singing, but my mom likes it. Okay, okay. That's not grounded reason to believe you're a good singer. But if if people constantly go, hey, you're a good singer, and one person doesn't like it, and and you've studied music and you understand and you you can actually get an honest opinion of yourself and you've listened to yourself, you go, you know what? Yeah, I, I am a, a, a above average singer. Cool. You got grounded reason to believe that you have the ability on that. Yep, absolutely. It's interesting you were talking about um, rejection, you know, um, because actually this beautifully moves into kind of, I suppose, my next question, which is why is why is rejection essential? Because I, I feel like, especially when it comes to things like sales, for example. That is where kind of where fear comes from, the fear of rejection as well, and the way that we communicate that. But so, but also it affects the way that we are as people and the way and, and our confidence. You mentioned around confidence, right? And the whole mm-hmm. kind of rejection. But why is why is rejection why is it re, why is rejection essential? But number one, what can we learn from rejection itself? Whether it be in a sales conversation whether it be you know, managing a team or whatever it might be but why why do you feel re- you know i know that you've given a great metaphor but f- you know mm-hmm. generally for our speakers uh for our listeners sorry um why do you feel like rejection is is so needed like to help us learn and grow yeah well one is because it's gonna happen and so you need to be ready for it so it's best in a, in a good supportive environment. I actually thought about this a couple of years ago. So a couple of things happened around the same time. I was listening to a sales call and a sales trainer, sorry. And I was a sales consultant. And, and in that, I was listening to this guy and he said that when he was a kid, he was very bold, but very ugly. And so when he was a teenager, all his buddies were getting girlfriends and nobody wanted to date him. <laughs> and so he's he's going out there and he's like, hey, do you want to go on a date? And and no, no, no. And first it really hurt him. But over the course of time, he just almost made a game out of it, like asking all these girls out. So he said when he went into sales, what he realized is that that which he had learned in middle school and high school as the unattractive male asking girls out really helped him in sales because he didn't get down when girls said no. And now when people would say no and he was making sales, he wasn't getting down either. And so he was extremely successful in sales because he wasn't, he wasn't one who gave in to rejection mm-hmm. and he didn't take it personal. He was like, okay, you don't like the way I look. That's okay. I got other things. And it's interesting is he ended up marrying a beautiful woman and he was extremely successful in sales and partly because of the stuff that was going on the inside, that ability, the grit, the resiliency. And so he, 
if he had given into rejection, he would have thought, I'm just an ugly guy. I can't do much. I know people wants my product. And, and there's lots of people who feel that way. Mm-hmm. And yet he experienced rejection at a young age, learned how to deal with it, learned how to embrace it. And so he got through it. He had the mentality that no just means next versus no means no. And of course, there's times where no means no, right? <laughs> but <laughs> no in terms of a sale, no in terms of asking someone out. Okay, what's next? So yeah. that happened. I was listening to that call and making some of those reflections that I just said there. And at the same time, my son Love comes that. up and he, he was playing with some friends in the neighborhood. And then I guess they didn't want to play with him or something. And so he comes home, he's kindergarten. And he comes home, he's crying. He's like, they don't want to play with me. And I thought... You know, part of me wanted to like go pop a bear and go beat up some kids. Throw you around, right? I get picked up by the cops, get arrested. What did you do? Oh, I took a kid and I threw him over the fence. It's okay. No, no, part of me wanted to do that, but but realistically, I thought, okay, you know, how did that make you feel? What's going on? What's happening? And letting him know that it's not the end of the world. That. That just because they rejected him today doesn't mean they'll reject him tomorrow. Doesn't mean that right. he's not lovable. It just wasn't wanted at that point in time, and that it's not the end of the world. And so, in some ways, I want my I want my son to feel rejection now because he's in a very supportive environment. Mm-hmm. So it's good for us to to look at the rejection we've gone through, but to look at it in, in an environment that gives us perspective. Because when we're rejected, we just feel like the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But if we're in an environment where, where people can support and love us and show us that we are not rejected, it was just something that we asked or did or said that was rejected, that that it really provides the right perspective. Yeah, I like that. You know, I think that everyone that's listening in, if you've never experienced, um, whether it be, uh, uh, I actually remember, it's interesting, you were describing the whole kind of like rejection of, um, you know, like the, the dream girl that you was in high school and you're like, you know, do I approach her and stuff like that. I had that experience, by the way, Mike, I did have that experience. And then you get called like all sorts of like weird, oh, he's following me and yeah. Anyway, but then you learn from that experience and you, and then then you prove them all wrong, right? And then yeah. and then 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 they like, oh, well maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll re re recall that conversation back. I'll take that back because I was obviously out of line and you know, do you know what I'm saying? And, and you just learn from stuff like that. I love that metaphor though. Seriously, it's crazy. It is. And and really if people here are having a hard time with your confidence, there's a good chance that you fear rejection. Mm-hmm. Remember, think about the confidence in your identity. So this is part of that identity part. So if you're looking at yourself and like, ah, man, I'm just insecure. I'm nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. One of the reasons probably is due to fear of rejection. I'm going to get up there and speak and they're not going to like it. In other words, they're going to reject me. And yeah. and we, now, now listen, if you come in to topic, if, if Adam put me on the spot and said, hey, Mike, let's talk about nuclear fission. I'd be like, oh, this is the <laughs> nuclear fission podcast? Yeah, okay, so, um, uh, well, nuclear is small 
And uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I have no idea, like, because it's not something I know about and I don't have talking notes. Now, if, even, right. if, even if I don't know about it, but at least I have some talking notes about like some basics, at least then I can have confidence in my talking notes and my organization. But if Adam put me on the spot and all of a sudden I'm talking about something I have no idea about <laughs> and I have no organization, I should feel insecure. Or if he... Uh, invited me to to come and speak at an event and I didn't prepare and I didn't think about it, I should feel in, insecure about it. And if you feel if you feel confident talking about something that you really don't know about, then, then you feel confident in BSing and then that means you're probably just arrogant. So yep. if, if you come in though and you know your value and you know that the topic you're talking about is valuable and you know how to organize it and kind of frame it around and put it in a way that's helpful to others, then you should speak it with confidence. Now, are some people listening to the podcast going, man, I like the last guest better. I'm sure. Cool. Good for you. <laughs> we all have preferences. And other people are going, man, I really like this guy. Great. Thank you. That's cool too. But ultimately, we're, we're, we're going to get rejected and disliked by some people. And that's okay. And just because they dislike our content or our clothes or our look or our car or something doesn't mean that we aren't valuable. Absolutely. And for you guys that are listening in, if you're listening to us live, use the hashtag, use the hashtag replay. If you do have any questions for Mark, by the way, around communication and confidence, feel free to use the chat button, which is down below. Uh, feel free to do that as well. And also make sure that you hit that bell notification. So every time we go live, so we so we get to interview these uh, awesome guests like Mike. Uh, you can come in and come and jam with us. So um, you know the thing that I was actually thinking about is, okay. So we've been speaking about communication for the best part of forty minutes, which is great. I love that. Right. Here's the thing. So our listeners are thinking, okay, well, how do I know if I'm a good communicator or a bad communicator? Right. How can I? How can like I'm I'm a big believer, and you're you're a big believer of this, I'm sure of guess what? We can never be the best of everything. However, there is all room for improvement, right? You'd, you'd probably agree with that. Um, how can we evaluate as leaders, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as speakers? How can we evaluate whether we are a good speaker or a bad speaker? And how can we make those subtle changes to, you know, to be, to be able to be that little bit of a, a, a communicator? Peter, any, 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 are there any tools or any advice that you give to some of our listeners? Yeah. So it's absolutely important for you to get knowledgeable feedback. Mm. And you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of times people don't know that they're bad at communication because they're, I mean, think about it, the two different sides, right? So on this side over here, they're, they're executing well. They're getting the mm. job done. And so people see that and they get promoted, but their communication doesn't match. So sometimes I get hired by HR directors to go work with one of their executives because they <laughs> executed, 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 delivered, delivered, delivered. And interpersonally, they were good. They're awful communicators though. So they, they've done really well here, but they haven't done well over here. And so the HR director looks at them and is like, look, or someone on the team goes, look, this person needs help. So get some feedback, get feedback. You know, by this point in time in my career, I know some of the things I've done well. I knew some of the things I don't do well. I know kind of my level. I'm not arrogant to believe that I'm the best speaker in the world. And, and so I kind of know the perceptions that come across me. I've gotten those feedbacks. 
And, and that's really helpful. And so for you, before you do anything to get better, the first thing is you need real trusted feedback. So not your mom, not your dad, but <laughs> someone who can give you feedback. And I, one of the things I love doing with people is uh, the 360 feedback loops. And we're all mm -hmm. interview some of their peers. Uh, what is it that they do well? What is it that they don't do well? And do a 360 and it's so effective, so helpful. So that's the first thing. Then once you get that awareness, how do you get better? Well, now you need the right knowledge. So you need targeted knowledge. So what is it that I need to get better at? And how do I do that? Okay, so you told me that I tend to do this. What do I need to do differently? And then you need to practice it. For some reason, people in public speaking, when it comes to public speaking, they think that they could just learn something and then do it. But nowhere mm -hmm. in our life can we do that. If I said, Adam, here's how you be bench press 500 pounds. This is how, this is the right posture. This is the right position. Go do it. You now know how to do it. Go do it. If I explain to you every single thing about your body and the right method and the right movement, would you be able to go do 500, 500 pounds? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. 500 pounds is a lot of weight, damn it. <laughs> exactly. I would not. I chose a weight that I cannot definitely do. And, and my guess is unless someone is practicing and practicing. So, But if I told you, okay, your current awareness is you can do X amount. Here's what you need to know about bench pressing. Now go start doing it. Over the course of time, you would be able to get to that spot and do it. In public speaking, like muscles, like muscle building, if I said, hey, here's how to run a marathon, go do it tomorrow, most people would be like, okay, now, even though I know everything about it, doesn't mean I can do it. You have to put in the practice. And really, in effective, confident public speaking, you need to know what you are not doing well. You need to know what you need to be doing well. And they needed to put it in the practice. Love that. Some good stuff. You know, I was actually having a um, an interesting conversation. This was going back a couple of months ago, right? So um, I was speaking with the business owner, and he was a uh, I'm not going to name him or anything, but he was he, he was in the world of business consulting. It was in the IT industry, okay. Single business owner, but had some employees, okay. Um, and you could see like he's been working his cotton socks off a lot years you know what i'm saying he's like he's a grafter um you know and but he's put a, a huge amount of weight on his shoulders right but he's got this mindset that his employees will never work as hard as he will right so that's his attitude but he has also got um is that he's also got the attitude of like empl his employees they don't care right they literally mm. don't care now my belief is that my belief is that actually you know, he can improve in his communication skills, you know, to be a better leader, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what I was going to ask you is how could he specifically, and there are a lot of business owners out there, a lot of people out there in the same, you know, scenario, right? Those single business, small business owners trying to grow and stuff. How could he improve his communication skills to overcome insecurity? But more important, how could he become a more empowered leader? Mm, yeah. So I think for the communication aspect, it's know what you want to say. 
a lot of times people go into a meeting with their employees and they're trying to figure out what they want to say while they say it. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I work with a lot of people is simply writing down before you go into a meeting, before you go meet with your board, before you go do whatever and write the word, what, what, what do I want to say? It could be simply like, I want to make sure my staff feels encouraged. Okay, cool. But a lot of times they have too many what's. And so they're all over the place. So one, and then how can you be a more empowered leader? First, I would start with who are you and what type of person are you? What strengths do you have? Because you might be trying to be a whole bunch of different things. So what kind of leader are you? That's a, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. starts with knowing right. who you are, knowing who you are, and then finding out who they are and helping them be the best version of them. One of the things I love that is that quote, if you help enough people get what they want, you will end up having people help you get what you want. And right. so if you want to be an empowered leader, know your power, know your ability, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and don't try to fake what you are, be, be authentic, be real, and get better. And then also, you want to learn them and then provide them steps so that they can get better. One, one of the things I love about my, my, my history of working with people is that almost every single person that I, I have led that's been on my staff and close to me is in a better position today than they were before. And I mean, they're leaders, they're leading their own companies, they're thriving. And it's not just because of me. I mean, by by all means, they took it and they went with it. But I was able to help them get on a path towards being a better whatever it is that they became. Mm -hmm. Love that, love that, love that. But listen, um, I know that we're coming towards our conversation. Listen, we've been going for in excess of well over 50 minutes. I hope that... You guys that have been listening in on our conversations, I hope that you've been enjoying it. Um, if you do have any questions or any comments uh, for um, uh, for Mike, please feel free to put any comments. And I'm sure that um, I'm sure that he'll see. Well, we both see the comments, and we will respond in due kindly. If you guys are listening in on the podcast and uh, you're enjoying today's episode, of course, again, we love feedback right and that's the reasons why i always ask for reviews and testimonials so if you see this on apple or on spotify feel free to leave a one star or a five star review uh because guess what we can never make our show any better unless you provide great feedback right so um first of all mike i just want to say thank you so much for being on today's show it's been absolutely awesome Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Love being on here. Love talking with you about this topic. And for everybody out there, speak with confidence. A lot of what I'm saying through is stuff that I've been just been refreshing and thinking through and mulling over and and would love for you to dive in deeper. That that book was years in the making. And so I'm so excited to encourage people with it. And guys, for you guys uh, are listening in as well, make sure that you check out um, uh, Mike's books as well because um, you know he's got 10 different books and you can grab them in Barnes Noble, Waterstones if you're in the UK, uh, Amazon, all the good bookstores from around the world. And I think that honestly, you're looking to 
be a better speaker, be a better communicator, be a leader, uh, use emotional intelligence, et cetera, become more aware of your strengths and weaknesses, then I would highly endorse you go check out Mike um, on those. And also check him out on the Mike uh, uh, on his website as well. So um, so for you guys that are listening in, thank you so much. And uh, from me and Mike, thanks very much. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again on the next Game Changers experience. Take care and we'll see you soon. Cheers, everyone.